0: This week, Cookville Mayor Ricky Shelton will call to order his final meeting as Mayor of the City of Cookville. No doubt when the history of the community is written, these last four years in particular will be some of the most eventful that any Mayor has had to deal with. And that's before we ever deal with the controversy surrounding Shelton and Cookville Regional Medical Center. Tonight we take a look back at Shelton's tenure as Mayor. Some of the highs and the lows of the last eight years.
1: It is uh, rapidly approaching. And a, lot of, a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, mixed emotions, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of great memories as well.
0: When you say mixed emotions, I'm sure you will enjoy having some of your time back.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, to me, this is the way our system is set up, it's not a, necessarily a job. But I treated it like it was a job, and I did that because I uh, have great passion for our city. And, you know, my dad taught me if, it, if it's a job's worth doing, it's worth doing right. So I poured my heart and soul into being mayor and to trying to um, elevate that position, elevate uh, what it means to be mayor. And, and I think the, the fruits of those labor uh, are, are the things that, uh, that we've been able to, to, to get accomplished over the last eight years.
0: Why did you decide to run in the first place?
1: You know, um been asked that a lot of times. I, I grew up, you know, my father was in public service, um, served in in various roles, uh volunteer fireman and then, you know, uh served as the the fire chief and police chief and safety commissioner, interim city manager in, in various roles and kind of grew up around that and seeing that and, and saw what a difference, you know, one person could make and and um, it certainly dr- drove me to, you know, get involved in the community, and when I speak to, to people, they'll they'll ask me stuff like that, and I always say, you know, you know, get involved in things that you have some type of concern, care, or passion about, and um, and then see where that leads, and that's kind of what I did, you know, served on uh, a few committees and a few boards and doing different things, and I thought, you know, I'd really like to, to do this and, and craft and see what I could do to, to make a difference for our city, and, you know, first ran in 2002, and, uh, won a seat on the council, uh, ran again in, in in six and 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 stayed on the council then and you know rolled off and uh, took four years off and um, decided uh, t- to run again and uh, my wife and I talked about it didn't even know if I'd get elected you know he'd been out of office four years and um and then uh, received the most votes and so uh, you know became mayor and then then when I ran again in 2018 was was honored with the you know the largest vote total ever and the largest spread ever.
0: Are you done?
1: Um, for now, but, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say, uh, never again. Um, I, I I'm still passionate about it. I have a great passion for, for serving and, and for making a difference and, uh, leading, um, and, and uh, those kind of things. So, uh, you know, I'll continue to, to pray about it and, uh, seek God's guidance and wisdom and, and um and obviously talk to my wife and 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 our family and and see what's best for us in the future there, but um I certainly don't want to say uh never but and and we'll be open to what the lord uh, leads me to to do or or get involved in and and if he is leading me, then hopefully he'll lead my wife to that same decision, and then we can arrive at that together
0: What is the sacrifice like? For a mayor for a city council member for someone a county commissioner what is the sacrifice like for the family
1: it's a it's a lot and um again you you pretty much you've always heard the saying: you get in something what you, you get out of it what you put into it and um when i was on the council the first two times um you know i was involved and i and i did things but i didn't like wear wear it on my sleeve like 24 7. And then when I ran and became mayor, you know, I was like, wow, okay, this is a huge responsibility. And, and so I immediately just started, you know, driving from that seat of like, this is such an amazing opportunity, but such a responsibility and treated it like it was that, you know, spent literally full-time hours uh, doing it. Um, had a job at the time that would would allow me to do that. I traveled and, and had had enough free time in between them, you know car, cars when I was driving and and whatnot and um, you know the the mayor position also serves on like eight eight or nine different boards um, as well and you really can't have designees it, it's, that's your spot on there and so uh, you know trying to do all those and um, it, it's a it's a lot and. For your family, you know, time you're doing with that is time you're not with them, and um, you know, finding that balance. And, and probably the first uh, first four years uh, might have been slightly out of balance because I was so driven to to succeed and, and do it right and not give up and not give in. And um, I think um, as I look as I look back, you know, I sometimes you have to have a recalibration of yourself and say, and, and sometimes your wife helps you recalibrate. And say okay you know you you've got to have some balance here and um that's just you know, i'm a top a personality so i'm driven and i'm driven to to succeed and i'm driven to uh to get things done um you know there's people that may uh, let things happen there's people that make things happen i've always been one that wanted to make things happen and um so those are challenges though when you have that type of personality because Again, I you know, I know that my my, my wife and my, my kids sacrifice because of time away and you know, if you're gonna put this as a job and put it, you know, do the things you need to do, then oftentimes I, I didn't do all the things. I tried to always be part of the event and thankfully my wife was always making sure that, you know, helping craft and coordinate all those things, but it certainly uh, there there was a sacrifice on their part.
0: Your wife, but also I think maybe even more so perhaps your kids how do they deal with the negative part of this because doesn't matter what position you hold not everybody agrees with the things that you do especially in 2020
1: that's true and um you know it's um certainly having conversations with them and and explaining you you know i'm out there and and, you know, these things are being said and kind of talking through that. Now, my, um, my uh, twins are, you know, 16. They're juniors in high school, and, and so they certainly, uh, you know, they, they sometimes want to get in the middle and, uh, and t- help take care of things. But, um, you know, just setting them up and uh, helping them understand. And I tell you, that's one thing, though, for me, and I see it in politics nationally, too, is, you know, it's one thing to say something about The candidate or you know the job they're doing but to then bring family members into it who didn't have anything to do with it oftentimes are are, um, innocent uh, just happened you know by association only that's very uh, uh, not only unfair it's wrong and so I would hope that um, you know our community stays better than that and and predominantly it has but you certainly see that on a national level, and it's, it's really bad because it's, it's certainly not something that a family signs up for. I mean, obviously, when you run for office or get involved in things, you kind of know part of the things that are involved, but that certainly shouldn't be one of them.
0: If you look back to when your tenure began to now, do you see a creeping of the national political perspective into our local politics in that you're either this or you're that and your name calling and that sort of thing
1: yes and it um you know one thing mayor porter and i did right off is you know we established the social media part which really had never been done before and and now both of our um, um pages and social sites are are really large and we have a a huge following in that. And so with that, people will always say things on a keyboard and 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 type that they might not say to your face. And so we've gotten more than airfare share through those kinds of mediums. Um but also I think overall, you know, we've been as their community's growing, you you just get other things happening when your community grows. I've always said your community—you're either growing or dying. So we should always try to grow. I mean that—that's that, key. You have your community has to grow, and we're going to grow. And it's resp- making sure you maintain how you grow, and the responsibility of that. But I really think the what you see it, it isn't so much necessarily sometimes the people that are doing that because if if leadership will kind of you know do what they're supposed to do you can kind of keep things that don't really belong here at bay but then it's oftentimes somebody in leadership that introduces these things and then brings that in and then you've got to kind of like okay this isn't this isn't something for the city council to deal with or this isn't something that we should be you know it's one thing to to um, manage it but it's another thing to try to instigate it from within like that and that's a, that becomes a problem and, and that's kind of not what local politics should be about.
0: Ricky Shelton, you have seen this community grow tremendously, but I think most people would agree that the growth is only going to escalate going forward. Uh, what are the biggest challenges you see in terms of managing that growth?
1: Well, <clears throat> first of all, infrastructure. Um, that, that's one, you know, and and a big word for, for roads and, and sidewalks and traffic flow. Uh, we certainly put a lot of things in place, um, over the last, especially the last two or three years, really getting a lot of things set up. And we've got like $125 million in infrastructure projects, roads, sidewalks, utility, uh, expansions and those kind of things that are either, uh, in process, in design, Planned or somewhere along the spectrum of to be done, so that's great. The other challenge that Kubel has, and it's always had, is we have five um, state highways that run through us: Willow Spring, uh, Jefferson, um, Washington Avenue, and so um, one more, one eleven, yeah, one eleven. So we have these these highways. Those so those are either state or, or Tdot or, or federal. kind of thing so you got to coordinate with that well that's a whole different timeline than what you have and so you know perfect example traffic lights at 111 and i-40 how many years that took and we requested and requested and requested willow avenue you know finally um i I remember in 2002 and three we requested that to be widened yet again and we requested it three more times Uh, i believe under uh, uh governor haslam the new the gas tax that was funded They said it would be uh, started within 10 years. So we're approaching uh, near, near that time of, of sometime that, you know, uh, Jefferson Avenue from Kentucky fried chicken out to One Eleven. now, 17 years later, right away it's being expanded and that's, that's project started. So that's how long those type things take. And so really being, uh, have the foresight to look forward, you know, what, what's this going to look like in in 10, 15, 20 years, what are we going to need and trying to plan and, and do that. You know, government moves slow. It's just it's designed to move slow, unfortunately. And, and that's one of the things I tried to do when I first came in is like how, how can we make this move faster? And um, you know, coming from, from a from the business side, you know, things are more black and white, but government's mostly gray. And so you you'd find the things that you can speed up and make go faster and you do that and then it kinda of builds momentum and to get other things doing faster, but it's it it just takes a lot of pushing and effort to do that.
0: It's so important because TDOT does control so much of the infrastructure in Cookville itself. And yet you, th- I was in Nashville over the weekend and was thinking, wow, it's a Saturday and these interstates are clogged. And yes. so you understand TDOT's dilemma sure. and you've got Nashville growing like no other city in America and has all of these needs.
1: It's prior to prioritization of funds. And so exactly, they're, they're growing exponentially faster than anybody else. So. They should probably get more funds, and so there's it's a it's a very very small m- window.
0: But one of the things the council did was take some money mm-hmm. and set it aside to try to do some things yourself. It strikes me that that's going to be even more important uh, as we move forward.
1: No, I think you're right, and and that was that transportation fund where you could uh, bond uh, a, a bigger project, and you can do some pay-as-you-go projects within that within that money that that tax revenue that's flowing into that extremely important i think that'll pay dividends in the future and then just getting those started because those are things that we can do locally either with our own forces not so much but but bidding that out to some to some work and getting it done faster but yeah it, it's again just prioritization of that but but you got to have a plan you know we had the, the 2030 plan it's probably time now to get, to do another one i mean we're, we're only eight years away from from that so let, we probably need a 2040 2050 plan because i think you got to look that far out to see what's needed.
0: Are we going to have to look at some things, such as some new roads, to try to take some of the the issues off of Spring Street or off Willow Avenue?
1: You know, I think so. I mean, I mean the um, history will now tell us that the the northern bypass, the northern loop, as as some would call it, back in uh, you know two thousand when that was uh, not done uh, because of leadership uh, that's probably one of the worst things that ever happened to this community uh, because had that money that was sitting there to be spent it was at that time 40 million which in today's dollars is probably 100 million dollars would have been a road from 111 at Quinlan Lake Road all the way around the north and come in right at Tennessee Avenue and so now you would have had that uh, relief valve that, uh, would allow people when they're coming from North, they need to go through. And, you know, there was the, 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 uh, opponents of that said, well, it's going to kill downtown. It's not at all. It actually does the opposite. It allows people that want to go downtown to go downtown allows people that need to go around or go somewhere else to go somewhere else. And so it's, it's interesting, you know, when people want to be against something, they find the argument for it and, and rationalize that. But, that's not at all. So again, I, I will say that's one of the worst things that ever happened to this community, that that did not happen. And now you're seeing, you know, as we're trying to widen 10th street and the cost of that and, and, you know, roads in and of itself, never going to be less expensive than they are today to do them. But there's only so much money you can do. So you again, try to prioritize, you know, 10th street being widened and that can only be really widened to Fisk road. You really can't go beyond that without taking out a tremendous amount of businesses which wouldn't be right. And then now now you've got, you know, Walnut's going to be another one. That's going to have to be, that's going to be a relief valve from interstate drive through. So that's certainly going to have to be done. You know, could we do another road, uh, like another interstate drive, maybe on the other side, if you could ever figure out how to get uh, over the, the water tank hill there to bunker hill. And, you know, there's going to be a a huge development happening at Willow and I-40 and that could be a relief through there. So there's lots of opportunities and again, it just takes, you know, you have to plan it and then it takes money.
0: As it relates to development, um, how do you balance the want for development, the want for growth? And this is both commercial and residential. Everybody wants publics, Everybody wants those shopping centers. But right. at the same time, now you are starting to run into some of those infrastructure
1: issues. Yeah. You know, um, why i'd love to take credit for there's a balance because you know government doesn't create jobs government sets the tone and sets the environment for private uh, business private investors to come in and and do things and so when when you've got an environment that is pleasing to business they want to invest there and when you've got a a demographic uh, that wants to spend money then they look at those things and that's why we've been so successful in retail businesses coming in and all those. And we're going to continue to do that because they see that and we're continuing to grow and our household income's going up. And so, you know, we've, we spent the better part of the last eight years trying to prove our, uh, market demographic and for, for, for a few certain retailers. And, you know, those things are going to come to fruition at some point. And so you see all those things and you say, okay, we want to make sure, but, 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 there's a balance to that as we talk about balance because you know small businesses are the are the lifeblood of our economy and so you you certainly want to make sure that you're not incentivizing only big business to come because we've got to have that environment because smaller shops mom and pops downtown I mean, that's where I grew up and that kind of thing and so I want to always we tried to always be cognizant of that I certainly did and 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 they have their own unique set of challenges because they're often. They're often the the accountant, the marketer, the you know all that rolled into one, and so trying to balance all that. But the the market kind of drives that. I mean, same thing. I've had so many people over the years. Well, we've got too many apartments. Well, we really don't, because because supply and demand decides. I mean, if people had rather rent than to have a yard, whether it's a condo or, or apartment, then that's why people are spending developers are spending money to build these things because that's the demand. They're not going to build them if they can't rent them. And so some people get that kind of backwards and twisted and say, well, we've got too many. Well, we, uh, the market will decide if we have too many, same thing in business, you know, being, making sure that we don't have too many of certain types of business. They're not going to invest millions of dollars if they don't believe they can get a return on that investment. And so we have to do the same thing. Long, long answer to your question. We have to do the same thing with roads. Where can we get the biggest return on our investment if we build a road here? Is that going to create opportunity? And you see that in Wilson County tremendously. You know, 840, look, look at what that's turned into around through there of all the warehousing and distribution that's happening there because those lands were, were sitting there ready to be developed. And I think we have that same opportunity on 111 and, you know, potentially other areas like that that's where our growth would be, and then just in our county growth west. I think we're already seeing that, you know, Baxter's uh, and and their business park and Portobello there, and so that that area is going to be our biggest growth, and, and we have uh, opportunity for sewer and, and water there as well.
0: Why, Ricky Shelton, during the course of your tenure, have you uh, emphasized quality of life and the work of leisure services?
1: Well, you know, I think families <laughs> when i grew up here um and i was born and raised here so you went to school you you, you didn't always have the opportunity to stay here you know well there's not enough high-paying jobs that was why i pushed really hard to make sure we had good quality high-paying jobs and then things for families to do and and that was really you know that was kind of the impetus when when we ran and said, let's do a fourth of july celebration that had stopped and people were just responded to that so much and then as I sat there, and I said, "Okay, this is people really want this. They're they're craving this type of thing. So let's do more family friendly events. And you know, we did the you know Christmas in the park and downtown ice and slide the city. And every single time, um, I would get the encouragement, like you know, hey, this is what we need. And through whether it was emails or or Facebook messages or whatever that was. And and so as I realized, people's heart was, you know. Hey, we want things to do for our family that we that are affordable, that we don't have to go to a big city to do, that we have here in our community. And so they really rallied behind that. And so, you know, success breeds success. And I saw that that was working. So I just kept trying to come up with more things like that. And, you know, we had a great organization that worked and, and developed the, you know, we did Dogwood Park back in four. We bought that and I was on the council that did that. And then the Heart of City Playground was built there and how popular that was. And, all-inclusive playground, and, and then we just, so I said, okay, we've got to keep doing things for families because that's what they want, and so really, it was hearing the heart of people telling me these are important to us, and then that just drives, and then it gets more families moving here. When, you know, you, The lifeblood of your community is having more young families moving here and wanting to live here because that breeds success for years and years to come.
0: You pushed hard on the dog park. Uh You pushed uh, right at the end of your tenure to uh, try to keep the momentum going on this water park, yes. whatever it's going to look like.
1: Yeah, and and that was the that was the thing. You know, we talked about it and really couldn't get any momentum with the last council that they wanted to to, to tackle that, and and this council had some desire to, to to look at that. So we at least got it to the point. Okay, we approved the bond. The bond's ready. We bought some land, and so you know if this is something that wants to go forward, here's the opportunity to to, to kick it on. And certainly there's multiple ways that could look. I, I still believe if I'd had more time, I would love to look at a, a public private partnership. You know, could you get a, a Dollywood type organization or somebody that does that somewhere? And now we have the land, you do the deal. We'll work out a, a, a fair thing, a a, 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 pr- a partnership on it. Still think that's an opportunity. Uh, we'll see what this next council wants to do. I mean, they, they, the people have spoken about it multiple, multiple times. You know, they said that's the number one requested amenity that we don't have that people wanted was some type of water park type facility. And so the committee kind of got started talking about an indoor aquatics facility. That really wasn't what was what was being asked. What was really the community wanted overall was a water park type facility with slides and Lazy River and that kind of thing. Doesn't mean the other one wouldn't work. I just think it has to be a phase two or phase three um, and the
0: expense of the indoor escalates dramatically.
1: It does. You can use it all year long, but that means your expenses are all year long too. So it's much, much higher. So certainly, you know, having land that you could do both on eventually, starting with the one that's the most requested, and then as momentum builds for that, you could go to that. You know, that uh, it's the when you're in leadership, you you people say, well, you were elected, you know, you should listen. Well, you do listen. But you you can't poll everybody every single time. So part of it has to be a trust, and and thankfully I th- I think the community felt that trust with me because they knew I would listen, and then I tried to get things done that I heard they were wanting. Does everybody always agree with with the things I've done and things I've said? No, but uh, I I, I ne- not a dis- decision I ever made was for any reason other than that what what I thought was best for Koval.
0: Reflecting on the tenure of. Ricky Shelton so take you back to March 2020 when did you get the call about the tornado
1: it's about um, about 2 a.m. I think it hit at 135 all my stuff was going off and um, it was um, it was surreal I I immediately turned my radio on uh, uh, and I heard I I heard the, the first parts of that and you know, didn't realize how bad it was at that moment, and um, and then I had a, a phone call from, from two friends that you know said my you know sister's house has been hit, and that, at that point uh, then I got another call that one of our um, uh, employees uh, city employees homes w- w- was hit, and at that point I realized this was pretty big, and um, I got I got dressed and left my house a little after 2 a.m. to go to the emergency operations center and when I pulled out I'm I live you know uh, probably five miles six miles away there was debris all over my street and in my yard six miles away I thought what in the world and it was just such a surreal feeling I get to the emergency operations center Randy Porter and I and Tyler Smith were, were the first ones there and um not knowing it was still dark, but then all all the the radios and all all the monitors and everybody's talking about we're searching and we're um, it it became the most traumatic thing I've ever been a part of and after that, if you look back it's probably the most amazing thing to witness and be a part of. Of, of the response in our community and the response of everyone else um so many emotions I'm, i still get emotional thinking about it you know randy and i immediately with with your help and 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 others in the media trying to to you know communicate to people because always found people they don't have to lock your message they just need to they just need to hear something they need to know something because the unknown is the worst that's where people start filling in blanks and and that's oftentimes wrong. And so as we, as we did that and, and communicating doing the Facebook lives that we were doing and the interviews with you and, and all those things and, and trying to tell the story of, you know, we don't know, but here's what we know so far and trying to give some reassurance. And I tell you, uh, you know, I can't say enough about Brandon Smith, Tyler Smith, and, and the leadership in that EOC emergency operations center and, you know, as that as over that day, it grew and the number of all of us there, and I was there basically almost forty-eight hours, uh, with just a, a, a few hours here and there uh, at home, and Randy as well, and leading that. And of course, Randy having that amazing experience from emergency uh, services all those years, and he was just a natural at that, and and just being there to support him with him, and and I just took it upon my shoulders. I mean, this is my this is my town, you know, and it had been hit the hardest ever and you know 19 of our citizens died and i knew probably almost half of them myself and um just took it so it, uh, it just hit me really personally um but then through that and the amazing you know coordinating that and then the amazing response of the citizens and then just the uh, around the, the the region and then across the country with with physical help and monetary help and all those things it's just it was a gratifying tiring gratifying uh, i mean any adjective you want to use it pretty much encompassed that over that period of time that probably two weeks for sure
0: when was the first time that you saw the highway 70 corridor
1: randy and i actually went i was trying to remember we went went that morning um we went Twice that day, but that morning we uh, got on a er- Erlanger helicopter, landed at the EOC, and he and I went up and saw it. Uh, that was probably at 9, maybe 9.30 that morning. Um, indescri- it was indescribable. Um, looked like a bomb. Had gone off for five miles, four miles stretch. It's the craziest thing I'd ever seen and gut-wrenching uh just shock i mean i all the words and i can't imagine what it was like being on the ground with those and i talked to a lot of those people and i, I hear their stories and I, I can't even imagine being in it but just seeing it uh from there and we, and we landed they got a call so we landed at the hospital there was a a piece of roof sitting in the parking lot at the hospital that was probably 10 feet long by about five feet wide. Piece of roof sitting in the parking lot, about 20 yards from where the helipad is. And, you know, as we found out later, that was headed right for the hospital in tech. Had that not, it split and and a smaller one, it ventured off and it, and it, and it rose up. And how, what a devastation that'd be. You know, and then the hospital ended up treating, you know, 93 people um, and just an amazing show of, of, uh, response that all treated that day and triaged and out to the places that needed to go. And, um, yeah, just it's crazy.
0: Yeah. In your seat where you're sitting right now, the Chrissy Hurley, who was the weather service meteorologist who came to Cookville that day to see the damage and try to evaluate what has happened. She walked into the studio that afternoon and she said, Cookville was lucky and, Tears were rolling down her face, and I'm kind of sitting here saying, What do you mean? lucky? We just lost nineteen people, and she said that had there a storm developed right over Prescott south mm-hmm. and stole the energy from that storm, but it was on the way, yeah. to tech and Cookville regional.
1: i know I, I mean what what a what, what what would we be saying, what what would that have looked like? I mean, it's hard to even imagine. I mean, we know how bad that was, and I can't even imagine what it would have been if it had a direct hit at the hospital or tech and yeah.
0: How did the whole dynamic of you and Randy Porter just putting it in gear and communicating with the public? I mean, where did that had you ever talked about it no was it in a plan somewhere that our mayors are going to do this it
1: it was not it was you know we're great friends and 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 have been great friends all of our life and when we got elected we said you know we're going to work together and we're going to do everything and there's never been any jealousy or any um you know well you do you know you're doing that i i don't want you to do i want to say we always try to do stuff together doesn't matter if he says it first. I say, it don't matter. We, we share stuff with each other. And, and, you know, I, I just knew I wanted to do everything I could to help our city. And he was doing everything he could to help our County. And I, I knew I, I just let him naturally be like the first lead because that, that was his thing. I mean, he did the emergency services, but I'd been around it with my dad and everything. And so you know, I know also understand infrastructure and how to lead and and get services done. And so, you know, we both had our little lane. And then I, you know, marketing and, and communications, kind of my thing. And and so, I, you know, we just—I I don't remember which one who said to what, but I said, you know, we got a, several interview requests for interviews. Um, we did an interview with you that morning. We got some. We started getting requests from around the country. I, I don't remember if I said it or he said it. And we're like. We need to. We need to do Facebook Live. We just. We need to just start doing our own. Like, we just, people want to know, and so I. I don't remember who said what. Uh, so that whole thing was a blur, but uh, you know, if you ask him, he'd probably say I said it, and I'll just <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say he said it, and so we'll just give credit to each other. How's that?
0: And then, two weeks later. You're shoved into the middle of, the. Greatest health crisis this country's ever seen.
1: Crazy, um, yeah. You know, um, certainly no blueprint for that. No one's ever seen that, and now all of a sudden you're trying to manage a tornado recovery in the midst of a pandemic, with things getting shut down or or altered and then a whole you know a whole nother political dynamic happening where you should do this or you shouldn't do that or you should be getting this or that and trying to balance that and keep your community moving and positive and when all of it is completely unknown and i guess I, i've told people before i guess books will be written whether it was right or wrong or the responses and or the you know what was done uh, that's up for judgment another day i guess um i i think our community f- fared through the pandemic, fared as well as you could. Uh, I think Tennessee fared remarkably well overall. Uh, certainly a lot of things probably not done necessarily exactly right, or but we didn't know. And so you were trying to go, you're trying to take all the data and knowledge you have of how you've done other things and then apply it to that and it really didn't apply very well so you're trying to you know pivot on the fly and um i think now since especially recovery for businesses and governments and everything else what's unique is there's really no right or wrong to this because we don't know and it's you really can't you can't say okay well this is over let's go back to normal because there isn't a normal now what 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 used to be normal it can't be the same so now you got to figure out what do we need to do? What needs to happen now under this new deal that we've got, the new expectation of things, the supply chain issues, all these things? I just think we're in a very, um, we're in a very interesting time for all businesses, governments, and everybody else trying to figure out what this looks like going forward.
0: I'm curious, Ricky Shelton, that just the fatigue, Did you, did you realize how tired you were? Because you literally went from one to the next
1: yes and I lost a tremendous amount of weight through that stress Um, and you know I've said this and I don't think Randy ever did either but probably we should have gotten some some counseling some help through that and I look now as I've been over the last little bit preparing kind of what my words I want to say on August 18th on the last night of my council my farewell speech if you will and like I can't read it for Getting emotional. And so I, that's part of it because I love what I de- have done. Part of it is fatigue. Part of it is, um, I don't know, there's a lot. There's so, I have so many emotions. Um, and emotions usually are born from caring for something, and I care.
0: You fast forward to months later, and you take a new position, and Things are said about you and questioned about you and your morals and the things that you believe. How hard was that?
1: It was super hard and um, I had to pray a lot about my response and uh, I'm proud I never um, responded harshly or negatively to uh, people uh, because of it. But it was the, one of the hardest things uh, you know when when you're you live your life a certain way you uh, live um you, you conduct yourself a certain way you conduct business a certain way you have been mayor a certain way and and you try to put th- put the community first put people first be honest and trustworthy and all that kind of gets called into question when they're uh, questioning motives or intent or what and um so it was very it was frustrating it was maddening. Uh, It was uh, hurtful and, uh, you know, uh, a waste of, uh, uh, honestly, time, energy, uh, mental uh, capacity when, uh, you know, I I wished, uh, I'm glad it turned out like it did. It was proven six attorneys later, nothing was done wrong, um, which is what I knew before I ever took the job uh, because the two city attorneys said that, uh, the hospital attorney said that. Hospital hired an attorney that said that I hired an attorney to make sure. And then they, the council felt like they had to hire an attorney, uh, to try to, I don't know if they were trying to, to prove it, that it was okay or trying to prove that I did something wrong. But, you know, six attorneys, uh, arrived at the same conclusion. And so through all that, um, certainly it, uh, makes you, uh, question a lot of things. And, and, uh, but, I'm thankful that part's over, um, and uh, you know, time will tell whether uh, I saw some funny some funny quotes throughout the process. You know, I've got to let uh, let God handle this because if I handle it, I might go to jail. I <laughs> thought that was that was one of them. So, uh, but anyway, I, I I'm certainly not making a lot of it. It's at this point, it, it <laughs> you, you can to your point, the the tornado, the pandemic, and then that. Over the last, you know, 20 months or 20, a uh, little over 20 months, it's been, uh, it's been really, really emotionally, mentally exhausting.
0: Is there anything in that, call it a six-week period, that you wish you would have done differently?
1: Um, which six-week period?
0: Around the job and the question.
1: Oh, uh, no, no. Didn't do anything Nothing was done wrong. wouldn't wouldn't change how we did it. It was all above board, and uh, you know, I uh, made great great strides in what what I've done there at the medical center, and uh, hope to continue to do, and and been able to to accomplish there, and all the things that are you know we're really kind of revamping and reshaping uh, the things that I've been um, honored to be. to be responsible for, you know, plant facilities and construction and marketing, communications, physician outreach, and recruitment. We had the largest number of uh, physicians recruited in one year this past year. Um, You know, I have a great recruiter, and we just kind of revamped how we did that. We launched a new website at the hospital. It's a state-of-the-art website. I would put it up against any hospital in the entire country. My marketing communications team, very small, but we we got that done, and, uh, you know, we're just putting new processes in place and and so I'm very proud of that I've got protective services and safety and security and life safety there at the hospital and and all those things you were advancing so I've been able to utilize my skill sets that I've learned over the years in business and in other things and in government and and kind of apply principles in that and and uh, hopefully to make the the medical center it's it's a it's a it's a phenomenal uh, asset for our region but just to continue to make it even better.
0: To step back to a part of where we started, how hard was all of that on your family?
1: It was. It was the hardest. It was. It, it was. It's maybe it was the hardest thing to. Uh, uh, I, I people have no idea uh, that aren't in first of all in public life, but then to have that exponentially said, um, it was extremely difficult. And uh, again, through prayer and faith and our you know, church family and a few close friends, uh, helping us get through that. And, um, just, you know, the, that, that pretty much, um, was the, was the key.
0: Was there ever a point in it where you said, this is not what I signed up for?
1: Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, um, when you, when you go through things like that, you start questioning, you know, well, did I do something about what, what, what is this about? And I, you know, I know, um, the Bible talks about going through fires and, and making you stronger and, and preparing you for other things. And so, um, God's prepared me for a lot of things. And so, uh, you know, I take this last, you know, since March of 2020 and I'm like, okay, I don't know what all you want me to do, Lord, but uh, you have, you have put, I have been in the midst of a lot of fires and so whatever that is i um i believe i'm ready still still hurts still uh, is aggravation still you know sometimes uh, you, you realize there are still uh, detractors that are uh, that are trying to uh to do things for whatever reason I, you know, i really uh, attribute most of it to uh, to jealousy and you know cancel culture that we we see in the world today where people that are you know either jealous of, of of you as a person or or your family or your position or what you've achieved or what you've tried to live or how you've tried to be and they they take the opportunity to take shots at you and and diminish you or diminish your your character or your worth and um, you know I I know it's it said I'm not who they say I am I'm who God says I am and so. i i I have no regrets over the things i've done the the decisions i've made and the the things i've been a part of over my political career and over my um certainly my work life either i always try to do things the right way for the right reasons because that's what my parents taught me and uh and i value that ricky shelton what is
0: the most fun part of being mayor
1: (laughs) um you know we've had um been able to meet a lot of really cool people that come through and you don't uh um Paula Dean uh had a book signing Tim Tebow um y'all has been so me I, um I, I'd have to I have to think a little bit longer because been so clouded by the last 24 it seems the last 24 is months have felt like about six years <laughs> and then the first six years didn't are hard to remember but you know Meeting people, seeing seeing your community transform, seeing the joy and you know after you establish uh, some events and I remember the first year we did uh, you know the the Christmas tree lighting and you know five thousand people there and you know, four hundred kids singing and and how cool I mean it's like a Hallmark moment I, that was like a seminal moment the first year we did that and I thought how cool is this and you know could you you talk about doing something like that you don't know if people will really jump in on it or not. Uh, we were elected in August. We did the tree lighting. The tree was just a a tree in front of CPAC. There was probably, you know, 50 or 75 people there. I'm like that, that, that I harken back to thought, man, this, uh, we should do something bigger than this. And then literally, I tell you, the Lord put it on my heart. It should be way more than a tree lighting. And so I, I called 10 pastors. I said, Hey, we sat around a table and said, what do you think about this? Yeah. And so it that launched Christmas in the park and, Uh, you know we bought the big 40 foot tall tree and and that first year when we did it and had all those kids singing and it was chaos but you know it was a good chaos and and so then you realize all right this is something that is going to be cool and so we you know we did that for uh seven years and then and then same thing we launched you know fourth of july and, and saw the the joy that that brought and then we just continued to make that bigger and bigger and bigger and um, we, we did the downtown ice. I remember when we, we said we we really should do ice skating and the ice skating rink was like $125,000 to bring. So we, we bring in the synthetic ice. You know, it's basically uh, plastic that plastic. you put down. Cold plastic. Cold plastic that you put in you put, in, you, put in, you wear and it's got this coating on it and you put legitimate shoes on. We had, there was probably two or 3,000 people there to do that and it was so cool. And uh, to, to see people respond to things like that, and that drives you to do more. It drives me to do more when I see people that actually enjoy it and appreciate it. And and then, um, the opportunities I've had to speak at um, to speak at like schools and to to um, reading during like Doctor Seuss Week and things like that. And I love to speak. I've spoke to um, different ages before, but I love the little ones because they'll say. You know, they they're they're the truth speakers you know they'll say um, the things that are on their mind and um, you know some of the questions you know do do you get a big house do you do you have a limo driver you know the silly stuff do you make a million dollars you know the funny funny stuff like that but it's always so, so i you know just to say that I saw the fireworks or I did the slide and I love you know that's the kind of stuff the, the the through the eyes and hearts of children to to see that and that's been one of the things that that's driven me to continue to do more things as well
0: One of the questions that I get most often about Ricky Shelton is 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 the mayor position a jumping off spot so in other words, does he want to run for the legislature does he want to run for congress does Is there more in there
1: I mean I've always had a desire to to do this i I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy doing it much more than my wife enjoys me doing it. Um, you know, in 2006, I was on the council and was finishing up that in 2010, and that's when um, I was really thought I was led to run for state representative, and uh, was going to run at that time. I think Henry Fincher was the state representative, and Ryan Williams was, and I were on the council together, and and uh, I was really, I had people, hey, you should run, we'll support you. I had Uh, some folks in Nashville willing to, you know, take care of the campaign and do all the things, and um, I thought I was being led there, and my wife never could get satisfied with it, never could feel that that was the right thing to do, and I uh, shortly thereafter announced I I wasn't going to run, and Ryan announced he did, and of course, he's now been serving uh, for 12 years, and as I look back, I see that, you know, at the time, my job, I was going um, west every day and my job a few months later changed and was going east and, and then my parents uh, became sick uh, and about a year later, they died within, you know, 60 days of each other. And so I stepped back and I look back at that and I'm like, well, obviously that wasn't the right time. That wasn't what I was supposed to do. So like, so what my, the the voice my wife heard was correct. And so that's kind of helped me have faith in knowing uh, what I'm supposed to do and when I'm supposed to do it because you you often don't see the path in front of you. It's when you can stop and turn around and see what you did or didn't do or what you missed. That you know, that's kinda and so that's helped me propel me forward to when I ran again in two thousand fourteen. Again I didn't even know if I'd get elected and, and ended up winning and I'm like, wow, okay. I really wanted to be mayor and then in two thousand when I ran in 2006, I wasn't so obviously wasn't ready, and then I didn't even know if I'd get, didn't even if I would get a seat in 2014, and then I became mayor. So it's the reflection of looking back on that and of of, of how you're prepared. And so I have a desire to still serve. Um, I think I have a gift for that. I think I, uh, I have a gifting in um, in in leading and serving like that. Where it will be used, I don't know. I want to be open to that um, and not just be. I'm going to do this for sure. Um, but I don't want to, I certainly don't want to say never. Um, but it will be a, a conversation with my family. And I, and I think that's more so now, especially because of what we have been through, uh, of seeing what it can do to your family and what it can do uh, to your family dynamic and to make sure that uh, you know everybody needs to be on that same page
0: finally what do you want to say to the people of cookville
1: well i'll say uh, it's been a true honor uh you know t- 20 years ago i was elected uh to council and served eight years and then uh, to have the honor and privilege to serve your hometown uh you know born and raised here never left it's the only town i've ever called home and so it's been such an amazing honor um all the you know the 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 thousands of people that I've met and talked to the heart of that of 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 getting messages and hearing people tell me things that's what drove me that's what drove me to never give up not give in to push harder to push longer to work harder to do more to to make a difference to to lead um and try to to make it like you know I was driven for people to say um, you know, well, I didn't even know who the mayor was before. I mean, you've, you've worked harder than email. That's, that's what makes me work harder, um, is, is hearing that. And so, but I never take for granted, uh, the, the people that have helped along the way, the, the, you know, we have amazing group of department, uh, heads and city manager, James Mills. And I've had actually had three city managers in, uh, while I've been in office, but they do such a good job and the administrative function of the way it's set up is, you know, they, the the city manager takes care of the administrative duties. And so the, the mayor and council doesn't really have any of those duties, but what they do, what they should have and do is, is vision and desire and passion of how they you know, to move your community forward. And then let those administrators take care of that and keep the politics out of the hiring. And then we've tried to do that, but just again, to thank the community and thank the citizens, um, and, and you know when businesses come here and they say man the people here are great and the workers here are great that is that is what makes our community great is the people and uh, and I've been blessed and, and thankful and uh, to, to serve and and so as I say bye for now uh, certainly uh, hope to again have the opportunity one day to uh, to be a part and we'll certainly still be involved in the community in whatever way and want to you know, people have come to know and trust my Facebook and Instagram pages and, and you know, the better cookful that we have established. And I intend to, to utilize that to continue to promote and, and talk and, and, and share good news in the community. So I'm going to continue to use those things and try to keep, keep better cookful at the forefront to continue events and maybe add some other things that we haven't done before. Mayor Porter and I will be partnering and continuing red, white and boom. And, uh, you know, probably some new events as well. So, uh, I just say thank you, and thank, I want to thank you too, Larry, for your uh, uh, partnership. Uh, you know, I threw this crazy idea about red, white, and boom out to you. Uh, it was unknown, untested, and you said, "I'm in," and didn't didn't hesitate. And uh, and you've been that way the whole time. And uh, I think we've grown it into something really cool. And it couldn't wouldn't be possible without partnerships and and friendships uh, as well, but partnerships of of people, you know, financially saying, "I'll support that." And then we take that and, and, and blossom it into something much bigger and, and then promoting it like you do on all the stations. And so um, I'm thankful for your partnership and, and friendship as well, Larry, throughout the years and uh, look forward to, to what we do in the future.
0: Ricky Shelton's final meeting as mayor comes Thursday night. I'm Larry Still. Thanks for joining us.